What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. So, Snap Survivors, you're hearing one voice instead of two because, uh, Galen Galactus White got stranded in the Andromeda Galaxy. He, he told us last week that he was there for a visit and uh, he kind of got stuck. So we're going to hope for his safe return and he will be joining us again next Friday for The Incredible Hulk. So we're going to uh, start this episode like many episodes talking about subscribe share rate and review we need you to listen rate and subscribe on itunes you can also find us on any of your favorite pod catchers you can follow us on after the snap at, at facebook or you can well and you can join the snap survivors group and then on twitter i can be found at at snap after and on instagram we are after the snap 2018 can also shoot us an email contact us at after the snap at gmail.com the snap survivors group is where it all goes down you can uh interact with us on a rather regular basis if you join the group and uh we did have a little interaction we had a lot of interaction but some of it was pertaining directly to last week's iron man episode so i want to go ahead and uh share a little bit of that you're going to notice a couple of recurring names because they are the anchors of the snap survivor group um when you get into davina lark and tessa sanders when you hear those names all the time it's because of their constant involvement their constant feedback and their uh constant interaction with us they continually give us a uh, a little something to go on to make sure that we know that at least those two are listening to the podcast. And uh, we were talking about Robert Downey Jr. last week, of course, because we were talking about Iron Man. And uh, one of the questions came up is, could we see anyone else playing that role? And I myself feel like there is no other Iron Man. But um, Davina Anderson Lark did say that she um she enjoyed the show but she was thinking if robert downey jr could not play iron man anymore her pick would be michael b jordan he has the look charisma attitude he can be an asshole (laughs) Uh, she said she didn't know if it would be a conflict with the black panther character and while i'm all for diversity so that's not it i'm all for diversity when picking actors to play roles i honestly believe that michael b jordan would be uh would be best suited by not stepping into that role because uh robert downey jr's shoes are going to be too big to fill and uh like i said tessa sanders uh, responded that she felt like uh she can only see robert downey jr playing them too so you let us know what you think you know you found you've just heard all of the various ways to catch up with us 
So let me know what you think. We can keep this discussion going for a little while. Um, and another thing is we uh, are currently accepting contributions for uh, improvements to the show, uh, things to, to uh, assist with production costs, possibly new equipment, different ways to make the show better for, for all of us. And uh, you can donate to that, becoming a patron on patreon.com slash after the snap. There are tiers, and um, for each tier of donations, there's a separate little perk attached to it. So if that's something that you'd like to do, we would welcome you and thank you for doing it. And I think that's enough of the business talk got one big announcement uh, prior to jumping into Iron Man 2 that is that Black Panther has now become the first superhero movie to be nominated for a Golden Globe in Best Drama so congratulations to the cast crew and directors of Black Panther and we definitely would like to see more superhero movies included in the conversation for these awards and we'd also like to see uh, a win we'd like to see a win in these awards and now now we're gonna jump right 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 into Iron Man 2 and um, Iron Man 2 was released on May 7th 2010 in the United States John Favreau originally wanted um well he is the director of the first iron man he came back to direct iron man 2 um and we made a switch at the war machine james road character this is where we got the don Cheadle for terrence howard trade <laughs> and don Cheadle only had a, a couple of hours to accept the role of james rhodes and while he says he was a fan of superhero comics, he knew very little about Iron Man. He even thought that Iron Man was a robot. So, coming in cold, not knowing an awful lot about the characters, I think Don Cheadle pulled James Rhodes off uh, pretty well. And we will get more into the controversy surrounding that trade for Don Cheadle. Uh, a little later in the episode but I still feel like we won I still feel like we got the better James Rhodes don't want to take anything away from Terrence Howard as an actor and uh, but I, I think in that role as far as chemistry goes Don Cheadle fits I don't have anybody to, to, to bounce back and forth off of today so uh, I'll leave it to you all to tell me your feelings at a later date i know you guys will so unlike the first iron man this one had a script and it also had a bigger budget it was budgeted at 200 million dollars and the worldwide box office earned 623.9 million dollars so another huge return on the investment uh, this was the last marvel film distributed by paramount before it was sold to uh, Disney 
Um, this one got 73% on Rotten Tomatoes and 57 on Metacritic. So marks are not as high as the first Iron Man, but you know, a lot of times the sequel cannot live up to the original. Um, we found out uh, some new characters. We got a, uh, um, what is his name? Sam Rockwell. He uh, actually was on the short list to become Iron Man. He was going to be Tony Stark in this franchise. But we see him in this movie as Tony's nemesis, Justin Hammer. We also got Mickey Rourke as Ivan Vanko. And he himself suggested those tattoos, the bird and the gold teeth for his character. And he paid for the bird and the teeth himself. And uh, <clears throat> we also saw John Favreau's son. He played the kid in the Iron Man mask. So when uh, Tony saved the kid in the Iron Man mask from the drone, that was John Favreau's son. But also, we have learned that he was uh, supposed to be a young Peter Parker. So the Tom Holland Peter Parker, that was him in universe it, it wasn't really him <laughs> but in universe that was uh that was peter parker so how about that I mean, they're making everything go uh full circle um favreau knew the movie would explore uh tony stark's alcoholism as a coping mechanism for the changes his life had undertaken after getting the arc reactor in his chest and becoming iron man the changes that his life had undertaken it basically the very thing that was giving him life was killing him so um whole deal with the movie was he had to figure out a way to uh continue to have this life-sustaining device in his chest without it killing him and he got a little help from his dad so uh if you've seen the movie you know that uh he was Tony Stark was presented with a case of Howard Stark's old materials, uh, including a video. And he was presented with this from uh, Nick Fury. And Nick Fury told him, hey, I knew your father pretty well. And your father said that you were the key to the future. And that is a key line to me. And I really wish I did have... Uh, Galen here to bounce back and forth with me on this because in that moment the future was Tony's future it was the arc reactor in his chest how to uh, make it compatible with his body to make it not kill him <laughs> and uh, he ended up using some of his father's research combining it with his own research and um he he got a um made a new element and that element allowed him to make the necessary modifications to his arc reactor and increase his lifespan so yay tony but that line this you are the key to the future it could be read so many ways right now because at this point he is the key to the future he's obviously the key to the future because Doctor Strange had his life spared in the Infinity War movie, which 
we are at least, I would say, 18 weeks away from, from reviewing. So I'm not going to go into it too much. But that's just a piece of food for thought. How, how that line could be taken a whole different way, uh, knowing what we know now. And this movie came out in 2010. Um, so we did see some of the alcoholic Tony Stark and it was, you know, at the birthday party when he really acted a complete ass and him and the war machine, he actually uttered the words war machine in in that, uh, exchange with Rhodey and they had the fight to end all fights at Tony's birthday party. So, um, we almost saw a very different MCU. We almost saw a very different cast of characters for this movie and that would have not been a good thing. I don't think that would have been a good thing. We're going to start with Terrence Howard because that was the one person that did get exchanged uh, between Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. Terrence Howard stated upon being replaced, quote, there was no explanation Apparently, the contracts that we write and sign aren't worth the paper they're printed on sometimes. Promises aren't kept, and good faith negotiations aren't always held up. End quote. And I'm, I'm getting a lot, of my, uh, a lot of my quotes, a lot of my information is from IMDB or Wikipedia. So you can find uh, a lot of that information, extra information there. Um, so... Uh, John Favreau apparently did not like working with Terrence Howard, didn't like his uh, his style, didn't like his attitude, and he cut a lot of Terrence Howard's scenes. And because of that, uh, Terrence Howard was getting a huge paycheck. He was the highest paid actor on the set at that time. And uh, because they were cutting so much of his his scenes, they felt like, you know, you take a pay cut to be in the second movie. And Terrence Howard said he wasn't having it because uh, basically Robert Downey Jr. got a raise. Terrence Howard got a pay cut. Now, do I feel like uh, that's a fair assessment? Who knows? Because we know that there are always these three sides to the story. Uh, it'll be Terrence Howard's side, the Marvel Studios side, and the truth. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. But I will say that it did improve the character. Not saying that what happened with Terrence Howard was fair at all. Okay, so I've spoken on the Terrence Howard situation. But how would the MCU be changed if we had Emily Blunt as Black Widow instead of Scarlett Johansson? That almost happened. Emily Blunt had accepted the role but then there was a scheduling conflict and she was scheduling I mean she was uh, filming Gulliver's Travels I believe and then she she was committed to that movie she couldn't commit to both in comes Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow as we know her was born um, then Marvel couldn't reach terms in negotiations with uh, Sam Jackson and it took a little while, but Sam Jackson had already said, maybe I'm not going to be Nick Fury anymore. So Sam Jackson was prepared to walk away 
and um, Marvel did the right thing because how different would the MCU be with a different Nick Fury and then Mickey Rourke almost dropped out because his initial offer from Marvel was $250,000 so he almost walked away they did the right thing again because him as Ivan Dranko I think I'm not saying his name right Ivan Vanko him as Ivan Vanko was the uh, he, he was a good nemesis to uh, to Tony to Tony Stark and if you look at it to Justin Hammer as well so I, I enjoyed uh, his take on that character and what he brought to that character because he even decided I'm going to go to a Russian prison and uh, you know see how they live and then all of the other additions the tattoos the gold teeth the bird all of that was Mickey Rourke so think of how different that character would have been had it not been uh, Rourke who played him. Also, um, the movie was uh, was uh, dedicated to uh, Adam Michael Goldstein, who is better known as DJ AM. He was the DJ at Tony Stark's birthday party. He passed away August 2009 of a drug overdose. So, um, shortly after filming Iron Man 2 um, he died of a drug overdose and he uh, but but he was a very popular celebrity DJ Um, let's see the events of Iron Man 2 take place during Nick Fury's uh, big week this makes it simultaneous with the Incredible Hulk and Thor Fury's Big Week was explored in a limited series comic book. And uh, from Wikipedia, we got this description for the comic book. The World Security Council, led by Gideon Gideon Malick, shuts down S.H.I.E.L.D.'s search for Captain America's crashed plane in the Arctic, as well as surveillance on Tony Stark and Bruce Banner in favor of Project Pegasus. Remember, we you know where Project Pegasus comes in in uh, in the MCU. It comes in at Avengers. So anyway, uh, Shield's attempt at ex- they, that was that was their attempt at exploiting the Tesseract. Even though D- Director Fury decided to continue those operations, the surveillance of uh, Banner and Stark and the search for Captain America that he continued those operations off the books. Fury learns on the same day that Stark is near death, Banner has entered America, and there are unusual atmospheric disturbances above New Mexico. With S.H.I.E.L.D.'s help, Stark discovers a new element that saves his life, while Agent Coulson and Clint Barton discover Thor Odinson in New Mexico and recover the remains of the Asgardian destroyer armor there. Uh, Romanoff follows Banner to New York City, where while Hulk fights Abomination, she discovers a mutating Samuel Stearns. A year later, S.H.I.E.L.D. is actively studying Stern, uh, Jane Foster's Nine Realms theory, and the destroyer, which they now have control over and are developing into a handheld gun and they've been successful in their search for Captain America. 
Barton is assigned to watch Dr. Eric Selvig at Project Pegasus, who, using Stark's new element, is on the brink of harnessing the Tesseract's power, but who will also be under the control of the Asgardian Loki. So, that is our setup for uh, Nick Fury's big week. And wow, we are to believe that, oh my goodness, what a huge coincidence. All these things were discovered in the same week. Um, it really works like that. <laughs> Those cannot be just coincidences. And I feel like that's going to tie back in on the back end after Infinity War. But that's just my thought. That is not uh, written in stone. So we will find out, of course, in Avengers 4. And um, speaking of Avengers 4, you know what? Before I jump into Avengers 4, I'm going to give my rating on a scale from 1 to 5 of uh, Iron Man 2. And it was not, to me, as good as the first Iron Man, but it was not a bad movie. It was uh, entertaining and very watchable and, and very informative in keeping the whole narrative of where the MCU was going uh, moving right along. So I felt like it got a 3.5 out of 5. And if you guys feel differently, please let me know. You guys all know how to catch up with me, so I, I am very, very interested in everybody's opinions on how they uh, took this second iteration in the Iron Man movie. Now, honestly, it did assist in uh, understanding Tony Stark and growing his character a whole lot more. So, uh, and it it definitely moved the story along as far as uh, the MCU connectivity is concerned we saw where 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 uh nick fury dispatched his uh agents in other places because he started hearing of these other things uh colson had to leave had to leave stark to uh to go to new mexico because of course that's where thor was entering the scene and uh Romanoff had to head off to New York City because that's where she was supposed to be tracking Banner. So everything is just fitting real nice and neatly. We, we find out that Nick Fury knows everything. Again, his secrets have secrets. So um, we, we actually saw growth. And we also saw the amount of love that Howard Stark had for Tony Stark. But Tony Stark never felt it but his dad loved him and his dad left him the key to the future so those are things that uh that were definitely explored and we we got the sense that um marvel was going to build on it and they did and um then it changed hands uh, from paramount to disney and disney had a little bit more of that that green stuff to throw behind these movies so you you we got to see a lot of of uh, growth from all of the characters because uh, I was even looking at uh, even looking at Romanoff even her growth you know now she played her character to a T 
she plays Natasha Romanoff to a T in the first movie, but we even see growth in her over the 20 some films arc. So next week we will dive into uh, Incredible Hulk. And that is arguably one of the worst uh, movies in the franchise. And, and I, won't, I won't beat the movie up too much. I'm going to give you an opportunity to, if you're going to watch it along with me, you know, go and um, rent it on Amazon. Or, or uh, if you own it, pull it out, blow the dust off of it, watch it. But the, that movie was not the uh, best foray for Marvel. And we'll talk a lot about that next Friday. And hopefully we will have Mr. White back with us from the Andromeda Galaxy. <laughs> okay, so um, trailers. Because I, I mentioned Avengers 4 a little while ago. And if you were a member of the Snap Survivors group, you would know the roller coaster that last week was on trailer watch 2018 where we've been we've been tracking the trailer we've been watching for it we've been uh sharing the rumors i've been digging up information from people who quote unquote are insiders and giving you the information as soon as it becomes available and i had to change the time and date for that trailer i think three times and the third time it was it will be released Friday morning, which is this morning, if, if you're listening to this when I upload it, because I'm recording on Thursday, but, um, so, it'll be released Friday morning, uh, supposedly, uh, uh, during Good Morning America, and it will be right around 8 to 9 o'clock, depending on what side of the world you are on, or what side of the states you are on, so, um, we're gonna be all looking for it. Yep. What we did get, however, was the second Captain Marvel trailer. And that trailer um, explains quite a few things. It explains uh, Carol Danvers, A, why she came to Earth, you know, from uh, the Cree homeworld, Talos. She came to Earth because she was tracking a scroll. And Remember the old lady from the first uh, trailer? She jumps on the bus and punches this old lady. We find out, yes, the old lady is actually a scroll in disguise. Carol Danvers does not just like beating up on geriatric patients. <laughs> she is actually a scroll because you could see the, the fight moves that this old lady put on. It was like she was either... Uh, brainwashed into believing that she was a martial artist or she was a scroll so she's a scroll so she she put on quite a little show on that bus and then uh curl danvers we also saw what appeared to be the crash that started it all and when, when it happened it pierced it looks like she uh was doing a test flight for the Air Force because she was an Air Force pilot. So she looked like she was in the middle of a test flight. She may or may not have seen something that took her off course. She gave chase to a ship 
and found herself caught in the middle of the Cree and the scrawl and there was an explosion and it appeared to be a quantum explosion if you saw the the bright light radiating from the explosion and then we saw her laying uh, in the sand and we see a person walking towards her we don't know exactly who that person is but it looks like it's a Cree soldier but um, when we see her we see green blood coming out of her nose which fits with what Galen and I were discussing a few weeks back that uh, Carol Danvers is part Cree naturally she was born half Cree half and a uh, half human so this is this would make this would make us understand why there was green blood before the Cree quote unquote rescued her so then they rescued her and they give her transfusions and they build her up and they turn her into a full Cree and uh, we saw Annette Benning's character who we don't have a name for we saw her say we 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 saved you we made you uh, bigger stronger superior so this is why she and, and that she would uh and she would live longer so she was she's gonna have a longer life which explains why Captain Marvel still looks pretty darn good for a person that's been around for 20 years when when uh when we see her again in Infinity War she's going to look like herself she's not going to age um because of the Cree blood that that is going through her veins now so um there's that and then her increased strength but also that explosion gave her powers and those powers could possibly be why the Cree saved her or quote i feel like kidnapped but they say saved why they saved her in the first place because now she is infused with quantum energy and uh the energy of what they call a white hole and the energy of a black hole sucks things in while the energy of a white hole pushes things out so all of that energy is can come out of her and that's when they're called going binary and that's when she looked like a Dragon Ball Z character towards the end of the trailer. Um, when she's going binary, her hair gets all wild. She's surrounded by light. And she just, man, that was, actually, it was dope. <laughs> I don't know I don't know how many other people might have geeked out about that. But that was a, a geek out moment. Because uh, I was wondering how she would look when she would go into full binary mode. And that is what that is what is making uh captain marvel be thought of as the most powerful character in the mcu thus far because when she goes binary there's nothing you know there's nothing that can stop her so uh we got a lot to look forward to we got um a, a very good look at a de-aged Samuel L. Jackson. He he. Uh, they of course used their technology to de-age him, and he will be de-aged for the entire movie. And you know that I he it's it's a uh, 
it's believable it's passable it is samuel l jackson as a younger man so kudos to them for using that uh de-aging technology and it looking very very realistic um other than that i have nothing else right now for captain marvel we will definitely get into it a little bit more when um when um i get my, my co-host back so we have that and then we have uh supposedly spider-man far from home coming out saturday morning the trailer and there will be a lot to talk about next week i'll just say that because like we said friday friday avengers 4 we already got captain marvel saturday um far from home saturday is also the day that i'll be checking out bumblebee for their uh early release and i'll come back and tell you what i thought without giving you any spoilers and then um i also probably maybe have a, a extra episode because there is a star trek short trek coming on that is uh saru's story the brightest star that will be on later on tonight that's why i had to kind of speed things up with my recording and everything because i do have to watch that too so that'll be on later on this evening and i will have something a short snap probably uh about that then we've already talked about aquaman i'm going to the early screening busy busy times busy busy times but it's this is fun this is fun we're gonna we're gonna have something to talk about for a couple of weeks it will be not a dull moment on after the snap um trying to think so that about wraps up this week on after the snap um again watch incredible hulk because that will be the next movie we cover in the watch party and that'll be followed by thor just in case you want to get ahead and then um also keep your eyes open for the trailers that we uh spoke of the releases so that we can talk about those and trust there will be an extra episode in here somewhere because we've got all those little things to talk about so there will be an extra episode a bonus episode coming um also join me on regular episode tuesday I don't even know what I'm going to be talking about that day. Oh, yes, I do. I'll be talking about Bumblebee. Join me Tuesday for Bumblebee Talk and any news that has broken uh, before then. Also, of course, we have our next regular episode. Friday will be uh, Galen and I going over Incredible Hulk and probably geeking out over the trailers still. So we still have that going. Uh and I guess since there's nothing else, I'm going to call it an episode. Oh, but before I do that, thank you to my Snap Survivors for sharing so much this week. You guys shared the podcast so much and that was that is so, so, so helpful to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you sharing the episode or for sharing the show actually and uh really appreciate it it's really going to help drive the numbers up and keep us afloat out here in uh podcast land 
Just one moment. Before you check out, can you do us a big favor? Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the show a five-star rating and review. And if you'd really like to assist more, become a patron at patreon.com slash after the snap. And if you have feedback, we'd love to hear it. Email us at afterthesnap at gmail.com. Like After the Snap on Facebook and join the Snap Survivors group. That is where it all goes down. We're Snap After on Twitter and After the Snap 2018 on Instagram. Thank you for listening today and I'll catch you on the flip.